Spirit, can you hear me? Yes, we can. And we can see you. Welcome back to Scream 101 Podcast. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And Or Sergio, for those of you who don't speak Spanish. I think that's exactly what you said last time. Did I really? Yeah. That's that's sad. I don't You're, even remember my quality jokes. We're already in reruns. So, Brennan, why are we here today? We are here to discuss a new movie in theaters now, rated PG-13. I don't know. Um, are you movie phone? Yeah, I was trying to be. Okay. Ouija. Origin of Evil, or you can translate it for the layman. Ouija, Origin of Evil. Yeah, um, it. Th- I refuse to call it Ouija because it's clearly not spelled that way. I mean, I don't know what people are thinking. Who says it like that? Everybody. Who says it? Everybody in the world. I've never heard it like that. Really? Uh-huh. They said it like that in the movie. Did they really? Yeah. Oh. They're just not very attentive. I probably tuned it out because I just assumed they were saying it wrong. This is Ouija Origin of Evil. This is technically the sequel to last year's uh, Blumhouse slash Hasbro picture, <laughs> Ouija, which uh, made a ton of money, but nobody liked, which no. is why we're already foregoing the number two. We're like, this is a totally new movie that you don't need to see the first one to talk about. Yeah. And that actually, I do think they effectively did that. This is more or less, it ties in with the first one if you were a fan, but if you were not, like most people were, this is a totally new thing. Mm -hmm. They brought in director Mike Flanagan, who did Hush and Oculus, both of which we both saw. Yes, we did. I enjoyed them enough. I think Mike Flanagan has very great ideas, and he makes constantly 7 out of 10 movies. He's never had like a huge, great movie, but Uh I like all his movies a lot. Yeah, that's a fair assessment, I would say. It's so, it's me approved. Good job. Thank you. So let's hold Ouija Origin of Evil up to that microscope. The Mike Flanaganoscope. Ooh. All right. Puns are fun. Thank you. Here's the plot of Ouija Origin of Evil. In 1967 Los Angeles, widowed mother Alice Xander unwittingly invites authentic evil into her home by adding a new stunt to bolster her seance scam business. When the merciless spirit overtakes her youngest daughter, Doris, the small family must confront unthinkable fears to save her and send her possessor back to the other side. You'd think if Ouija boards were so dangerous, they wouldn't sell them in every store in America. I don't think I've ever seen one on sale. I mean, they're, they're kind of out of fashion now, but you can still get them at places. Okay. You get them at Hot Topic or something. Probably. Yeah, you're right. We're going to rate this movie from one to five on scariness, campiness, FX and quality. Sergio, what are you rating it on scariness? Um, on scariness, I'm gonna give it um three Dorises. Three. Three Dorises. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, Dorises. That's, that's the name of the little girl. There was not a whole lot of scariness. I think there was a good amount of tension throughout the movie. Yeah, it was um, a very was, slow boil. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't any jump. There wasn't. There was there any jump scares? Sorta. Like there were parts where she would like lunge at you. It was very fun housey. Yeah. Otherwise, I. I think it was okay. Did its own thing and it was good at it. It didn't really borrow that many tropes from what's in fashion right now, except I guess the weird eyes thing. I don't know. I really disagree with that. What do you think? I think that this movie is very much in the vein of all the paranormal movies we've been getting from Blumhouse in Mm -hmm. particular. 
Like, um, there's a scene where the older sister, played by uh, Annalise Bassa, who is in Oculus, and she's she's good. She's mm-hmm. been aging into like a very genuinely good actress. Good actress. But there's a part where like her sheet starts sliding down when she's asleep, and it's very paranormal activity. And then it starts sliding down again. And then after she's pulled it back up twice, of course you know it's gonna go yeah. boom and fly off of her. And it's very predictable, but it's 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 a James Wan movie. Mm-hmm. Like you can exactly predict the scares, but they're decent. They're well made. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it, it's like a James Wan movie in that respect, is what I'm saying. Okay. So, so I'm giving it two out of five. I think the the actual like tension factor when i was there watching it was probably a three out of Mm -hmm. five but it's so been there done that i wasn't really okay what about campiness for you let's hear you go first you go first brian okay i'm also going to give campiness two out of five perms i think it was a it was one of those movies that's like kind of a slow boil horror film it's also a family drama because it's about like a family of women that has lost the father Mm -hmm. and they're all grieving in their own ways the mom's grieving by trying to bone the local priest, played by the kid from E.T. Yeah. He is a grown man now. Did you know that? I did, once you pointed it out to me. Yeah. Um, Henry Thomas, he has aged well. He's not like kablamo, like Dylan McDermott level, but hey, that's cool. I'm glad you're here. Okay. Anyway, um, there's like that drama element, but there's also, especially in the first act, there's a really solid sense of humor in the movie. There was a good, like, a boy visits the house and the mom's this, like, psychic she gives readings and stuff and so she gives the boy a palm reading and she's mm-hmm. like holding his hand she's like if this hand touches my daughter that lifeline's gonna get cut very short and i'm like i like it's it's just playful and okay. i liked it um uh, sergio talk about your funny character um, Betty. who is that betty crocker oh my god oh my god what oh my god her oh, oh my god <laughs> you are this is like an abbott and costello routine <laughs> yeah um the character who brennan is referencing um although i didn't get it at all I honestly didn't get it when you were saying, oh, my God. I was like, are you really pissed off at me for not <laughs> no. mentioning her? Um, is a character by the name of Betty, according to Brennan, who is just very against playing with the Ouija board. When the older sister sneaks out to hang out with her friends at a party. A yeah. boy-girl party. Yeah. Well, it's just boy-girls party. Yeah, there's there are too few carrots in that too. <laughs> well, good for him. I mean, he has his choice of the litter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, that guy who Brennan loved aside... Uh, he uh, was cute. He's, he's probably over eighteen. I can say that. Yeah. Um. Okay. Whatever. They bust out the Ouija board, and the girl is like, "I don't think we should play that. I want. I just want to sit here and converse or have con- make conversation. Have a conversation with people. Make conversation. Whatever. Um. She's just gonna have a conversation with her her friend because she was talking to the boy at that point, right? She was. She had the hookup. Mm-hmm. And Ouija had to go and ruin it. Yeah. And then they're like, "Oh, let's play. We'll have we'll have some fun." And they're playing, and every single turn uh, that they ask the ghost something, her response is what Brennan. Her response is what Brennan. She's like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god!" Exactly. She was so scared. It was great. Yeah, and then at one point where they're waiting on the ghost to react. Spoiler alert: They're waiting on the ghost to react. The mother walks in, and what does she do, Brennan? She screams she for screams. a very long time. It's great. Yeah. And then she never comes back. I hope she comes back in a Ouija 2.5 evil. It still keeps going. Yeah. I don't know how. Where do go from here, I wonder? Yeah, because they can't just do Ouija 3 because people are going to be like, wait, what? So they're just going to have to keep subtitling them like the Purge film. So it's like Ouija anarchy. Blumhouse does that a lot, right? Isn't like their kind of motto is it goes back in time for the sequel? They do. They they kind of, they did do, Insidious 3 was a prequel. There's, um, of course, that weird series that I never finished. 
Show me the holograms? No. It's not a series. You wish it was a series. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, so me, t- me too, running. <laughs> um, paranormal activity. Oh, yeah, they did do a prequel. They do love doing that. And guess what's never scary is explaining the dumb thing that happened in your earlier <laughs> movie. Uh, but it worked in this one. I don't know. Let's talk about that. Because um, this actually... It ties in very specifically with the original Ouija, not in a way that you need to have seen it, mm-hmm. but it's a story that was played it fits out. in the universe. Yeah, it was a story that they were like discovering in modern age um, in the original Ouija. And so basically, in true prequel fashion, everyone has to die in order for stasis to be maintained to go into the original film. Yep, sadly. And so it's very... I don't know. It's just kind of dour at the end. And then you're like, wait, what? Why did I watch this? Because the characters are very fleshed out and they're fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's dead. And you're like, oh, okay. It actually ties in back with my scariness. Oh, which okay. I will just be mentioning now because I didn't take notes. And notes are always helpful when you want to mention things. Um, as Brennan just mentioned, uh, uh, the characters are really well fleshed out. We do grow like attached to the girls, of course. And then the men in their lives by proxy. Is that a st- is that a word thing? My yeah, proxy? sure. Um, and and so even though there aren't a lot of kills or a lot of deaths in this movie, every death that you feel, you're like, oh. Yeah, I agree. Like it 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 had an emotional impact. Like I'm not giving it super solid scores, but it's because I've just it's so done. Uh huh. But it's it's a solid version of the cliche thing that it is. Okay. I thought it was fresh and hip. Compared to what else I've seen this year, I thought it was fresh and hip. Yeah, definitely one of the better horror movies this year, but I just, nah, I wasn't super into it, but I enjoyed it. Okay. Agree to disagree. All right. What was your campiness score? I don't think you gave a number. Um, two, two glass eyes. Two. two glass eyes? I don't know. What would you give it? I gave it two. Two. No, I was thinking perms. of like, no, I'm not doing it's that. perms. No. There's the 60s. They had perms. Uh, two, two ghosts, two beehive hairdos or whatever. Um, let's talk about effects. Okay. I'm going to be consistent with myself and give it two out of five planchettes. Um, oh my God. Another complaint that I, that carries over from the original Ouija is that the word planchette is the least scary word that's ever been said in the history of the English language. Um, that's the French. Planchet or something like yeah. or like Kate Planchet. <laughs> yeah, because E T T E is like a French, I think ending. Yeah, you're making something feminine. That makes sense. Um, like uh, the rockets. Yeah, the planchet thing is the little the little marker that you move around that marks the letters on the Ouija board, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the girl's like, I can hear the voices better when I touch the planchet. I'm like, girl. Don't touch your planchette in the living room, okay? Take he, that upstairs. He was so proud of that joke, people. It was great. I've been he working on telling, it all night. Telling random people in the movie as they were watching. <laughs> stealing their popcorn while he was at it. Anyway, two out of five planchettes. Um, it was just it was CGI spooks, spook em ups. Mm-hmm. I thought it had a very solid slow burn thing in the beginning. Like they had paranormal activity effects that you can achieve with string or whatever, pulling the blanket off the bottom of a bed. Just they were kind of subtle. Mm-hmm. But then there's this spooky CGI demon with big glowy yellow basilisk I liked eyes. The demon. I liked the demon. I mean, he was played by Doug Jones, who played the the fawn and the the man with the eyeballs on his hands in a uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Uh-huh. Um, so Doug Jones is cool. I'm into him. He 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 also plays the bye bye man in that movie that will never come out. 
but I just thought it was a silly designed demon thing. It was really it didn't make any sense what was happening. Okay. Like like in I liked the demon thing just to throw that out, but now that you're mentioning it, they really didn't explain why he looks the way that he looks. No, and and that was kind of just one demon slash other. It was like a soul, right? Just like a trap soul who was trapped in the house. I don't because we saw multiple of them at the end. Well, see, this is the problem that Paranormal Activity started because Paranormal Activity was a haunting movie about a demon, and now no movie from this company understands what the difference between a demon and a ghost is. I had this. Well, uh, Conjuring Two wasn't Blumhouse, but I had a problem with that because there was like. There's a demon, but also the ghost of this old dude. And we're like, like, what are we protecting this house from? Uh-huh. I don't understand. Okay. It's super, like, they don't know what the mythology of their thing is. And it's just very frustrating. Mm-hmm. But, um, I feel you. Yeah, the effects in the third act get super hokey and silly. According to Brennan. Well, like a local haunted them. house. It's like the girl has this, like, little weird Fright Night giant mouth face, like, pasted onto her in photoshop and she's like Ooh, and i was like oh come on she's like have, do you ever watch those like 15 second horror videos on no you don't do that were you expecting me to <laughs> say yes or or like uh lights out the short film yeah um most short horror films or like the uh, like micro horror films their one scare is someone with a spooky face that looks exactly like that and i'm just so sick of that well, for the average moviegoer, which is I. But I just like... Yeah. I find it fascinating. Not fascinating, sorry. That's a bad yeah, word. Yeah, someone pasted a sketchy face on a girl. Let's go for it. I liked I liked it better when she, her, she had her like mouth all crazy open. Oh, I thought that's what you hated. No. That's what we were talking about. She had a weird grin thing that she did later on. What grin thing? It was like a rictus grin. Like, like she was hit with Smilex. Wasn't it just a regular smile? But it was big. Whatever. It just looked dumb. I didn't like it. Do you have something against the happiness of children? Yes. Okay. No, it was just trying to. It's just that st- stupid face that they use in all the short films, and I'm tired of it. the The cool face with like the demon like entering via her mouth, which is it was like she's trying to swallow a bowling ball. That was cool. I like that face better. Do you? What's your score for effects, Sergio? I will give it three planchettes. Okay, great. Do you have anything to add to that? Uh, I think we talked about it. I didn't mind her glossy eyes. Is that what you were saying you didn't like? No, the smile. Whatever. Uh, the eyes have been done, though, also. The eyes have been done. Like, they were done in Oculus. Uh, they were. Speaking of Oculus, this actually transfers to my quality thing very well. Um, I think it's a solid movie. I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5 Unlucky Stars. It Like, what it does is cliche, but it's done well. And uh, it's part of, like, that roller coaster ride of, like, oh, this is a horror movie. Ooh, spooky, scary. But it gets very Oculus-y at the end for no particular reason. It's, like... When things get zany. Yeah. It's, like, the girl watches a flashback, but, like, she's in the room with it. And then there's this weird, like... Well, we needed that. We needed that explanation. Of... She... She sews her sister's mouth shut because her dad's ghost smiles at her, and she her has a flashback dad, of her dad her, like sewing the mouth of a doll shut. Where did he get the thread? And he's a dad in the sixties. Do you think he knows how to sew? He knows to protect his his girls. He'll learn. Uh, uh, whatever. I hate it when ghost dad is the solution to the problem. How often does this come up? Uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. Really? Yeah. There's a ghost dad. Well, there's a, he's a zombie dad. Um, difference 
Total difference. I guess you're right. Oh, but I feel like I saw Ghost Dad solving a problem recently. I don't remember what movie it was. Oh, what was it? Miracles from Heaven? No, it's just, I, I just feel like I'm so used to that idea of like the father figure smiling at them from heaven, like right when they need, I hate it. I'm done. I'm done with it. Don't be mean. I'm sorry. To ghost dads. I'm sorry. But that was a Bill Cosby movie. And Bill Cosby. Was it really? Well, he did a movie called Ghost Dad. What was it about? Look, if Bill Cosby showed up in the end of this movie, that would be much scarier. <laughs> I'm just keep going. Just okay. do you. Okay. So I, it just got very like head trippy and I wasn't a huge fan of like the finale. It was kind of like the finale of the Babadook and that like weird things start happening and they're really big and it doesn't make a lot of sense, but the Babadook did it way better. Did you notice the, um, do you know what cigarette burns are when you're talking about film? Oh, during the movie? Yeah, the little things in the upper right of the screen that uh-huh. tell the person to change the reel in old movies. Um, I don't know if that was part of the... Do you think that was part of the actual movie? Or do you think it was part of the projector? No, that was built in. No projector would have done that. Okay. Because it's a digital projector. Okay. And there's no way they shot that on film. I noticed it, but I noticed it in the same section, so I just thought it was part of the movie that we were watching. Uh, you mean in the upper right? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's where it goes. That's called the cigarette burn. It's It, it wasn't like the film scratches that you see on pretend old movies. Uh-huh. The cigarette burn is a specific mark that lets the projector know to change the reel. Mm-hmm. And that was put there intentionally to make it feel like we were in the 60s, I think, because mm-hmm. it was a period piece. Okay. I don't know if I... I did notice it. Okay, cool. I was... Because I wanted to ask, but I didn't know if you would have known... If I said, did you see cigarette burns? I don't know if you'd know what I was talking no. about. I at first thought that the little girl got a cigarette burn on her neck, which is why it hurt. Oh, but, yeah. But no. Yeah, I noticed that. It was like a thing that they put in artificially to, I, th- I think, kind of subtly remind you of the 60s. And I wasn't super into that. Um, they could have just included some racism. Yeah. They, some people they protesting or something. Um, but yeah, it, I could think they brought up like Roe v. Wade, you know, like, honey, I had to have you girls. Because uh-huh. okay. I hadn't. Okay, whatever. Um, I Erase just, it all. Yep, I will. I I just think it's one of those things where... It's like, oh, we can put this digital filter on to make it look old. And it's like, it's just so inauthentic. And I just felt like it was kind of trying too hard. Mm. I kind of liked it. Okay. It's, that was just me, though. No, I, I was fine with it. But I was just like so aware that this is clearly a digital movie. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you're not you're not um, tricking me. It works for me in the in the theater because it's big. And like I was willing to believe like, oh, this is part of sorry. This is part of the um part of the projector. Uh, it's an old movie or whatever. Um. Okay, I know it's not an old movie, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it, um, yeah, sure. It has that charm. Uh, but like, if I was sitting at home in my living room, I would be like, like, "My DVD player is broken." Like, what is this? This seems shoddy. So it would, it doesn't transfer well. Yeah, I wonder if they'll keep that in when they do the DVD release. We'll or maybe our projector was crazy. Hey, maybe. if you saw Ouija too, let me know if there were cigarette burns or if we're both crazy. Okay, I'm not crazy. Okay, I believe you. I think you. it's part of the projector. That's pretty crazy. That's not crazy. Because a digital projector would never do that. You don't know that. Because they don't need to change the reels. You don't know that. I want. I know that. I worked at a movie AMC? theater. This is AMC, though. I've worked at two movie theaters. This is AMC. Did you work at AMC? I worked at Cinemark. You work at AMC? No. Okay, then. Whatever. I've been to movies there. at AMC. <laughs> What's your quality score? Um, I give it a three and a half slash four. Okay, solid. As you pointed out, um, the movie was rather formulaic. Uh, but it worked. They did it. They did it good. Yeah. I, I found myself liking the characters. Uh, I liked little Lena and little Doris and mama. 
What was her Mama name? Mama June? I don't know. I was going to say Mama June. Uh, oh, shoot. What was her name? Something dumb, probably. I don't know. Mother. Uh, I liked the priest. I was involved. I wanted to hear more about him. I wanted to hear about his wife. Um, what happened to her? Maybe she's the next sequel. That'd be cool. If it's the wife and Betty just like hanging out. So, yeah, I overall enjoyed it. It was one of the better horror features that I've seen this year. Yeah, like it, it was in theaters. Decent. Because outside of theaters, I'm going to tell you right now to go see Christy. On Netflix? On Netflix. Was it really that good? Yes. Okay. Want to watch it? Not right now, but sure. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so that that pretty much brings us to the end of things. Uh, This is a, you know, in theaters episode, so we can't do champion dialogue or anything. We can't. We can just tell you to go watch it. Yeah, um, I do want to hear what you think of Ouija too. If you felt more like me or more like Sergio, because we both did like the film and we both mm-hmm. had a good time, so I would recommend seeing it. Yep. Um, and I want to hear about here. I want to hear back about the cigarette burns. But yeah, you can contact us on Twitter at Scream One Hundred One Pod via Facebook at Scream One Hundred One Podcast. You can email us at Scream One Hundred One Pod at gmail dot com. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars. And move the planchette to yes for uh, I support Scream 101. And as always, good luck on your journey, everyone. And stay gold. Stay gold? Stay Elliot Gould. Who's Elliot Gould? Well, he played Monica and Ross's dad on Friends, but he also played a cop in Muppets Take Manhattan, and also he had a role that he's famous for that I don't remember. <laughs> oh, good for Elliot Gould. Yeah. Stay he gold. was in the uh, con- he was in Contagion. He was that guy that worked at like the San Francisco CDC or whatever. He was like an old man. He was in very few scenes. Was he the janitor? Oh, it was John Hawks? No, 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 no. Not not with Lawrence Fishburne. That was the one in DC. He was in like San Francisco in California, and he was like working. You expect me to remember the specific facilities in Contagion? He was working on the diseases without permission. Is he the old white guy? Yeah. Okay. We did it. Yay. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Scream 101 Podcast. I'm Brennan Klein. Brennan, I'm... Hello and... Hello and welcome... Hello and welcome... Take a deep breath. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> I'm a little teacup short and stout. Here's my friendship. Here's my stout. Not how that goes at all, but okay. Thank you. Maybe. Can you talk a little more? Um, I just... Okay, you're good. Okay, that's rude. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, what did you want to say about Ouija? Nothing anymore. I'm fine. I was told not to talk, so. What'd you think about, uh, what's your rating? What'd you rate this movie? As always, we're going to rate this movie out of one to, oh my god. As always, we're going to rate this movie. I haven't done this in a long time. <laughs> Brennan stole that from from Rotten Tomatoes. Or did I? I'm going to cut this part out so nobody knows. No. Uh, no. <laughs> this episode was brought to you by Cupholder Radio. You can find more episodes of this show and others at cupholderradio.com or wherever podcasts are sold. Get out! The podcast is coming from inside the house. Hello there. I'm Uncle Ponyboy. Do you like suspense? Don't go in there! Buckets of blood and human excrement? Poor Pony! Gratuitous nudity with more boobies than you can handle? Let me see them. And radical hairstyles? Oh, yeah! Then you should check out the Gore Gab Podcast, hosted by yours truly and DJ Gill. Hello! You can find us on the iTunes Podcast Store and on Twitter at Gore Gab Podcast. 
And while you're at it, go ahead and go check out cupholderradio.com. It's podcast for the weird at heart.